All right, as promised, we are here a day early than day earlier than our normal recording. We are the Driveway Athletes. I'm joined. I'm um, Jesus Christ. I'm Jack. <laughs> joined tonight by Ed. Did did we promise this? We I don't promised remember. two episodes a yeah. week leading into fantasy draft season. At least uh, two. Yes, we did. So, um, this is. First episode, hopefully, of two this week. We'll see. Um, we've got the, which hopefully will be the end of the Stanley Cup playoffs on tonight. Um, when you're listening, who knows? Tampa Bay could be a repeat. Or they're going to game uh, six. Uh, back to, not Montreal, but whatever they're calling Montreal's home. Yeah, because they're, they're not playing in Canada, right? No, because they can't couldn't fill the yeah. arenas. You know, so. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm in a pool. I'm currently in first place and we'll see if I, uh, end up winning it. Oh, look at you, Mr. Mr. Big shit. Mr. Big (laughs) shit. Right. In fantasy hockey, I came in second place and now I might be winning this pool, which is like a fantasy based pool. Nice. 75 people. That's pretty impressive. I gotta say. Yeah, um, um, but uh, here's the thing: is like I'm in the lead by five, and a goal is worth two. So if like Kucherov gets two goals and an assist, I'm in a tie. You know, like because I ha- I don't have Kucherov. Um, I took Victor Hedman. Um, kind of outsmarted myself a little bit, unless I hang on. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. But um, it's like a ten dollar buy-in, so you know I might end up winner gets eighty percent, so I might end up you know a couple hundred bucks. Good. Get nice. myself a third smoker, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Why the hell not? Maybe I'll order myself a ridiculous Wagyu brisket or something. Um, but we're here to talk about fantasy tight ends. And yes. I say that with an amount of disdain in my voice, if you guys are picking up on it. Um, yeah, I- I'm. I'm with you. It's not... It's not my favorite position. Let's let's be honest. <laughs> nah, well, I think so. Here's the thing: is like when you get beyond the top three, it gets it starts to get dicey right away. Like right after the top three, it gets dicey. But I also feel like you can have a lot of fun with the position, and you can do like a Babe Ruth calling your shot. Like I feel like I did that with Waller two years ago. Yeah. You know, like, you could take one of these... There's always going to be one of these guys that, like, is not that interesting preseason-wise and then, like, has a decent year, whether it's someone like Tunyon last year who just has, like, a ridiculous amount of touchdowns. But, like, you can you can Babe Ruth it a little bit. Call your shot. Like, I feel like once you get out of the top three, why not? Yeah, and I think that's where, like, I'm at... Um... If I don't get one of those guys, then I, I'm i comfortable waiting. Um, yeah, like I because, think it's like... Because then they all fall, they're all, they kind of are very touchdown dependent. So um, they kind of wind up having the same, around the same amount of points. Yeah, but it's volatile. Yeah, for sure. So, like, I feel like if you don't get one of those ones early, you take two late, you know, and, mm-hmm. and hopefully one of them flashes. Right. But, um, so we're going to talk about the top five, which is good because um, the top three are pretty easy to discuss. Um, so, uh, off air, I was saying, and I have to put it up on the website that I did do like a straight up one through one forty without like, um, like just straight one one through one hundred, the top one hundred forty players. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Travis Kelsey is my first ranked tight end, and I actually put him at twelve, which basically makes him a fringe first round, you know, at the turn player, mm-hmm. right? Um. And I think I said to you, I'd be comfortable taking Kelsey, you know, if like the top two wide receivers are off the board. Like, I, I don't know that I would take him before I took Adams or Hill. Now, again, if, if we get more clarity with Aaron Rodgers and we know he's not playing, then, you know, as long as Hill's off the board. 
you mm-hmm. don't want to take a running back, I'm fine with taking – if you want to take Kelsey at eight or later, I'd say go for it. Yeah, because he's basically a wide receiver one. Like, So his stats last year, he had 105 receptions for 1,400 yards and 11 touchdowns. I mean, like I, I believe if you were to compare that to like a wide receiver, he would be like well, how what, many? top three? Let me say that. Well, 1,400 yards, you could go by fantasy points, too. You know, like you could just do well, how many points I mean. he had. Yeah. So he had 207 points last year. Um, 207, that's obviously um, newsflash a lot. So that would he would have finished the wide receiver three. And... Again, when you're talking about positional advantage, right? Like that's the whole theory of taking a running back is positional advantage. Yeah. So. So he finishes. How many points did he have? 207. No, he wouldn't be wide receiver three. Half point PPR. I'm sorry. I'm looking at standard. Um, He'd be. I have. So we also have to remember that you. He probably had more than 207. He did. And half. 260. 260. Yeah. 260 would have made him wide receiver four. He'd right. be right right behind Diggs, who had 265. Right. And he, it comes at a price. You know, you're paying, you're paying a first round or second round price. It's not cheap. So he has like, let me see, 35 more points than the second wide receiver or I'm sorry tight end tight end and 110 points more <laughs> yeah. than the third tight end like yep. yeah so um my first line was if I just simply wrote enough said after I wrote my Travis Kelsey one it mm-hmm. would you know like it wouldn't feel so good just writing that but um going back to 2015 Travis Kelsey's fantasy finishes were one 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 two one and seven. Yes, I enough mean, said. Enough yeah. said, right? Like, and his ranked in his ranking targets since twenty fifteen amongst tight ends one 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 four and nine. Yeah, that's not going away. I mean, the the only thing you're saying is is he's getting older, and maybe right. you know maybe he's due for an injury. But I'm not going to sit here and say that. That's ridiculous. You say about anybody. Right. So in the context, like you just said, of like taking like basically like where would you take a guy like him? I'd be yeah, I'd be fine with taking him end of the first round. Anything, right? as I said, like I wouldn't take him over. I took Tyreek Hill. Um, so depending on where you want to take your first receiver in the first round. Um, I'd want to make sure Hill was off the board. And again, Hill and Adams, if Aaron Rodgers is in Green Bay, depending on when you're listening, we don't know that yet. So mm-hmm. I'd want Hill and Adams to be off the board before I took Kelsey. But that should be around 8 through 12. Mm-hmm. Now, our second ranked uh, tight end is Darren Waller. Uh, that is, is that, has that changed? Um, cause I know when I did the ranks, so expert consensus is Kittle. Waller is my two. Yeah. I'm looking at, um, fantasy pros right now and they have Waller too. Oh, you know what? See, I just did what you did. <laughs> yeah. It's standard. I was looking at standard. Um, so yeah, Waller's two, Waller's two in my ranks. Um, Again, so Waller transitions to tight end two years ago, and he's had 145 and 117 targets. Now, didn't so he's obviously a talented guy, and you kind of scoped him out, I think, two years ago. Um, didn't he have some like off the field issues with which kind of yeah changed his career? Right, he had some substance abuse issues. Um, and 
basically transitioning to tight end is probably what saved his career. Yeah. But also you have to be big enough to do that. You know, like you can't be DeAndre Hopkins or Tyree yeah, you Kill. To block. You know, like even even the like quote unquote non blocking tight ends still have to block some. Right. Um Waller had twenty eight percent of his team's targets last year. Yeah, it's pretty silly. Yeah, I mean that's you're approaching Adams numbers. Yes. Um so I'm gonna tell you his stats from last year. Yep. He plays in all sixteen games, hundred and seven receptions, hundred and forty five targets, nearly twelve hundred yards and nine touchdowns. Pretty damn good season. Uh yeah. I mean what 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 can you say? It's just, I feel like I'm in this we're in the same boat as Kelsey. What you what do you want? You want a guy who's got opportunity. You know, like say what you want about Carr. Um he's shown that he can sustain a high high level of receivers um bef- bef- well before it was um Waller it was Amari Cooper and Crabtree you know like he's he's sustained high level pass catchers um but like the the cat is out of the bag so to speak like he didn't cost you as much last year well he wasn't close he, you know 2 years ago he was free Basically, yeah. um, last year he didn't cost you as much yet. Now it's going to cost you, depending again on you have to know your league and know your drafts. Um, mm-hmm. for like when Kelsey comes off the board, is Waller going to come off the board shortly after? Right, you gotta like, I guess, um, correct, like you gotta kind of decide where. You like you you're gonna want to, or how you want to build your team. I personally wouldn't spend because what he's where's he going? Do you think? I think, I think his, currently he's in the third round, but right. um, we can we can double check that. Um, but uh, yes, you're paying, and it depends again what what it is you want to pay for mm-hmm. and um again so, uh, his uh his uh, 27 average that's, threat, yeah 27 that's the third round right um it's funny early third. early third yeah third uh so if you had a a top pick it seems like um after you pick your your second pick that's when he's going off. One, if you had like a top three or four um, draft selection. Right. What's funny is even in half, Kittle in drafts is going before him, but just very few picks before him. Right. Um, I so that is a good segue to the next player, and that is Kittle. Um. And the first thing that I wrote is like a lot of times when players get hurt and miss time, it's often easy to forget how good they are. Mm -hmm. Um, So we didn't really get to see Kittle much on the field last season. Um, No, yeah, he was dealing with a bunch of injuries. Which apparently, like, I don't know what the hell is going on in San Francisco. (laughs) You know, like, they can't keep a running back on the field. Like they can't keep receiver yeah. on the field. Um, so yeah, he was dealing with a lot of injuries, and if you yeah, drafted so him, it hurt. Played, yeah, he, he he only played in eight games last year. Um, but if we go to the, the years prior to that, he he you know he nearly plays every game. Yeah, he's not an injury prone player, like a right. quote unquote. Um, it's just I don't know what like if there's a problem with strength and conditioning I I have no idea it's just I just feel like San Francisco couldn't keep anybody on the field but go on so last or 2019 he finishes with 85 receptions 107 targets uh thousand yards 1053 yards and five touchdowns um he had a similar season the year prior to that also. So, 
Um, now, I like how they have the rankings here. Like, I do think Kittle is under Waller. Yes. Just because of those targets, right? Well, that's part of it, but also you're expecting a quarterback change in San Francisco at some point in the year. Right. Um, you usually don't take a quarterback early, you know, like early if you, they usually don't sit all year. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's the, that's the way it works. Like a couple years ago, I feel like it's just not the way it is anymore. Like, I think that like right. within six games or so, Typically, or the rookie gets gets in, depending on how the season's going. So you have that. You also have like you have to see if if they did invest in the wide receiver position not this year, but you know in drafts past. So you, you wonder Iuke, if like Ayuk right? and Debo Samuel, they're both you know decent receiving options. That's the only concern that you can really have. There is rookie quarterback and. Um, there's some young um, talent. The only thing I will say is, even with a rookie, not that Garoppolo's been bad. He just represents a certain type of quarterback, and uh, that's not what they drafted. You know, they drafted a, a, a guy who's able to push the ball a little bit more. I will say this: the one thing I notice about Kittle too is like. He's a great blocker, so they plays a lot of snaps. Were, he plays a lot of snaps, but they were keeping him in to block. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we have to be on the field, right? Is that yeah, what but you're... they weren't letting they weren't letting him run routes. Is what I'm saying. Oh, right? well, that's good. Yeah, so that is um, when you're talking about injury and stuff like that. Um, but I like a, a tight end that it can actually block because what you don't want is to have something like a sickie in Miami. Um, who right. Just but there's comes also off the, the field too much. But there was also like the, the thought of like that, that line needed help. help. So they kept him in blocking rather than using him so, in the, the passing offense. So you think if the line is better, yeah, there might there's an there's a chance for expanded targets. Correct. Um, have you looked up PFF's uh, offensive line say. rankings? See if if they're projecting growth. Even though what? I kind of snapped me... at you last week saying I didn't agree with the Dallas offensive line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're ranked ninth. So they're they're top ten. The top top ten. Yeah. They're in the top third. I mean, so like there's 32 football teams, so they're better than top half. Um, That's not bad, you know. Um, So, yeah, if if he's not needed to block as much, plus if their running situation is better, you know, the the back might stay in the block more than than Kittle does. So there's a chance, you know, he finished his tight end two. Um, we don't expect either Waller or Kittle to finish better than Kelsey, but each of them has finished as good as the tight end two. So it's in the range of outcomes to be use a fancy math term. <laughs> yes. Right? Like now it is. I personally like I I totally agree with this ranking like it, it it's spot on really yeah yeah i th- i i agree that's where i have my top three um i definitely agree with it uh, i i just the volume of waller is so great i don't know i don't know that i can move kittle even though that there's the oppor- there's the chance that he can be better it's just when someone's getting that level you that level of looks they could finish – Waller could finish as one. We don't expect it to, but he could just based on volume. Again, mm-hmm. but you could be concerned that Ruggs takes a step forward. They bring in John Brown. Um, there's a lot of passing options. I still think Waller's the best of them all. Agreed. You know, um, like now- – And we don't bounce Kelsey for having Hill on the same team, right? Like, so – No, no. Like, um, no, like, yeah, like, 
teams want to play in the middle of the field, you know. It's a higher percentage play. You right. can't just stretch. You can't just run nine routes all, all game long. Especially, like, if you have, like, this huge mismatch. Like, you Which see, these three you guys, yeah. They, they throw to they they throw that guy like all game long. Well, you know? can't line a you can't line a linebacker on him. You can't really only line a safety on him. And if you roll extra coverage more than that, then they then Hill is going to be in Kelsey's case. Then Hill is going to destroy you. In mm-hmm. Waller's case, they've got burners. You know, you could think what you want about this ceiling of some of those guys, but Henry Ruggs is a fast receiver. John Brown is a fast receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they can make you pay if you're going to pay too much attention to those guys. And if you don't know what a nine route is, maybe pick another sport to watch. But it's basically just a just a fly, you know, straight line. Yep, just run as fast as you out, can. Outrun the corner. Yep. Um. So we get into our next two guys and. This is where, like, we mentioned at the top, it, it starts to get like a little, a little dicey, right? Right away, um, right. I have them flip flopped. Um, I have Andrews over Hawkinson, but we can discuss Hawkinson first since that's the expert consensus. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Hawkinson. Uh, let me find him so he's on Detroit and he just got inherited Jared Goff as a quarterback um, which for a player like Hawkinson right. might actually be better it might be so yeah it's I not like- better for the offense um which usually you don't want like we don't think that Detroit's offense is going to be great but 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 for Hawkinson it might be good cuz I'm not sure that Stafford was ever that big on t- targeting the tight end. So, well, I see progression. So, like, he his rookie year was 2019. And, mm-hmm. like, we've said a few times on the show, um, it's hard to play tight end as a rookie in the NFL. Oh, for sure. For sure. So, he, he basically doubles everything um, going from 2019 to 2020. Which is encouraging. Um, so he's, which is encouraging. So he basically almost doubles his targets, his receptions, his yards, and his touchdowns. Um, so I see progression there. Um, but um, yeah, there's only Detroit's not that good of a team, like. Well, they just basically so, sent everyone out. So one of the things correct. that I wrote was new coach, new offense, new quarterback, loss of wide receivers. What am I supposed to do with this? Correct. You know? So that it's a bit, um, yeah, like you're <laughs> you're kind of like fishing in a barrel with this one. Like, well, yeah, like my first line yeah. was, I'm playing a game of three oh one, and everything's coming up Millhouse and. <laughs> Um, it's a, it's a 301 is a type of, it's a, a dark game. Right. Um, so it's a dark joke and a Simpsons reference in, in one. Um, <laughs> but basically you're, you know, you're playing a game of darts and I don't know if you're familiar with everything's coming up Millhouse, but he, uh, everything was not coming up Millhouse. No, <laughs> but, um, so Hawkinson coming into the league was a highly touted tight end prospect. He wasn't as highly touted as Pitts. But he was like, at the time, that's the hype that was around him. Like, you know, one of the best tight end prospects we've seen in a generation and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's entering his third year. Obviously, we, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm just hitting everyone over the head with that. But that seems to be where tight ends really take a step forward. Tight ends and quarterbacks. Um, but... Anthony Lynn is the is the offensive quitter in Detroit. He's only produced a top ten tight end one time, but in Anthony Lynn's defense, Hunter Henry also couldn't stay on the field. Um, he was always hurt. So, and there were other good receiving options 
um, on the Chargers. Uh, so yeah, like Hawkinson's talent. Like he, I like his talent, but this team stinks. Like you don't want the coach that talks scoring opportunities that talks about biting everybody's knees and. I don't know if you saw that press conference. No. Oh, I did okay. not. Yeah. Um, and like they talked about being meaner and nastier, and on the way up, you should like bite your opponent's knee. It, it was quite the quite the discussion. So yeah. I'll send you that off air if you guys. I'm sure it's on YouTube, but it was it was something. Um, it, when you're taking a bet on a player on a bad offense, there is a bit of a cap. You know, like, you can only be but so good. The only thing Hawkins go, Hawkinson has going for him at tight end five is if you're the main target on your team, it can be very good at this position because everything, when you get past a certain point, as we already said, is very touchdown dependent. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, but, like, I'm thinking he's going to get targets but not touchdowns. Right. Right. I mean, that's so, also very fair. Um, but I don't sometimes see a lot you can, of, like, scoring opportunities for the team in general, I guess. I mean... So somebody has to score, obviously, and it could be him. Yeah, I mean, but it also could be Swift. It all, You know, like, there are other... Just because Galladay's not there and Marvin Jones aren't there and there's not really like a quote-unquote like big-time number one doesn't mean other people aren't going to catch the ball either. Like betting on touchdowns is tough. Yeah. You know, it's just – so what you want is volume. And if we, if we think Hawkinson's going to get volume, volume is worth it. You know, like again, three catches and in, in, – or well, yeah, three catches and half point is a point and a half. You know, so you get that. And 50 yards, it's not a, I mean, at this point, six and a half, it's not the worst you could do if it's done week in and week out. Mm -hmm. And I know that that sounds horrible, but look up and down. You hope that like, you know, if he gets four or five touchdowns, it might be salvageable. It's as good a bet as any. You know, sometimes is, um, you have to bet on talent. You know, like, again, the, the three legs of this table or the three legs of this tripod are talent, offense, and opportunity. Hawkinson's gonna, Hawkinson has talent and he has opportunity. He just doesn't have offense. So I'm just seeing where he's currently being. He's being overall 64. Hold on. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> I keep choosing... Standard, you yeah. So overall, he's going fifty-five. I mean, like, um, it's a bit, or it's a bit four and a half. Around four and a half. Yeah. I'm probably not. I'm probably not paying up for it. But no, again, I, I'm definitely not. If you're big into scratch-off tickets, maybe Hawkinson's your guy. Yeah. <laughs> um. So moving on to. Our next guy, Mark Andrews on Baltimore. So, um, as we get started with Andrews, I think that people a lot of times will consider Andrews like in the same category as the top three because he's had good seasons. Don't. No, <laughs> absolutely not. He, first of all, his receptions aren't there. It's a low-volume passing offense. That Baltimore, yes. over like the last three years, has run more running plays than any team in the league every year. Now, he gets touchdowns. Now, he's a guy that's touchdown-dependent, right? Right. Well, right. So, um, so I put Mark Andrews' touchdown, a bit touchdown-dependent. The good thing is that he does get them consistently. The bad thing is that the Frogert is also cursed, also a Simpsons reference. Touchdowns <laughs> touchdowns are just really hard to predict and project. Like, good luck picking which week he's going to score it. Right. Um, so his stats for last year, uh, 2020, 58 receptions. That's low. Um, that's low. Uh, and it's it's kind of in the realm of the rest of his seasons. 
Um, 88 targets, 701 yards, seven touchdowns. He finishes as the fifth wide receiver. Yeah. yeah. Um, so here's here's the thing, and and this is what if you guys have heard me and we talked about it, you know where I'm going to go, um, but he had six games under 10 points, right? But really, five of those six were under five points. Jeez. <laughs> right? Like, so what Mark Andrews is going to cost you, you could get just as well, mostly. Like, just because a guy finishes at the top end of his position doesn't mean that every week he's helping you. No, yeah, you have to, yeah, you have to look at each week and per, like, points per week. So, and then there's four games where he had over 20. You're loving that. But he had more games under five. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and that's what you have to consider. I guess the point is, is like, you're paying up for Andrews and he's giving you, like, yes, he's finishing better, but he's giving you a lot of the same as the guys going later. Yeah, and I'm going to kind of explain that in a second. But uh, his average draft position is 51. So he's actually going a couple spots before Hawkinson. Right. So um, as you get to it, I'm going to like, so you tell me, assuming that Zach Ertz is not on the Eagles, would you rather have Andrews or Dallas Goddard? Oh man. Um, I'm probably, I'll probably say Goddard because they just, well, I don't know with the new coach, you know, like last year I would have said Goddard because they pass more. Um, so I don't know. I'd like a talented wide receiver with a kind of a, a, a relatively inexperienced quarterback, you know, um, you know, he might get dump off passes and easier targets, stuff like that. So Andrews or Noah fan. Uh, my point I is, is the fact that yeah. it's even hard, <laughs> right? That you have to think about it. Yeah. That set like, that says something. And the cost so, is just very different. Right. Like Tanyan or Andrews. I think they give you, I think that they're pretty much the same player. I, I probably take. I dislike Tunyon more than I dislike Andrews. I will say that. Uh-huh. Um, but, um, again, I think that they give you the same kind of thing. So, like, I'm I'm just not going to pay up for what Andrews gives me. So, if you're telling me that Tunyon is my tight end 11, which I'm assuming he's much better than that for, well, no, he's 10. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize I was that close. Um. So, like, I'd rather wait and just take Johnu Smith. Yeah, so I'm going to read something. So, after Waller, just I'm going to go off last year, points. Mm-hmm. Tanyan has 150. Hawkinson, 141. Andrews, 141. Logan Thomas, 140. Gesicki, 132. Gronk, 126. Hayden Hurst, 121. So, like... They're all pretty much equally like equally bad in terms of fantasy. Like they're uh, they're perfectly fine football players, but in terms of fantasy, they're all kind of giving you the same. So yeah, they're relatively close. And like if I'm looking at where uh, like Andrews is going as comparison to like you named. Faint is going 77th overall, Goddard 93, Thomas 98. Um, yeah, I'm going to wait around for a guy that I can get later that's going to give me the same production. Right? Most, yeah, most likely. So, And when you look at Andrews in 2019, that like under five points was pretty similar. Mm-hmm. You know, like and the under, under 10. Um, so like, I feel like people consider him in that same echelon and he's just not, that doesn't mean he's not valuable, but you're going to withstand a lot of bad performances, most likely. Plus Baltimore added other options that might be good for Andrews, 
because it might give him more red zone looks, but it might be bad because <laughs> there are other options. They drafted a wide receiver. They brought in Sammy Watkins. Think what you want about him. It's another set of hands, you know, like mm-hmm. for a team that's had some uh, difficulty getting decent receiving weapons. Yeah. So the the guy that intrigues me, um, mm-hmm. I would say would be like Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is my tight end seven. Um, you're going to pay up. Because I think that again, because the hype, uh, right? The yeah, the hype, and especially with Julio being dealt, um, is very hard for rookies, as we've said, to in that at that position to really have great seasons. It's not that it's without, you know. I I looked it up. Um, it's not that it's without history. It happens, but you'd mm-hmm. be looking at. Jeremy Shockey in 2002 or Evan Ingram in 2017. Like, that's what you'd be looking for um, when you're drafting Pitts where he's going. Um, Shockey's 2002 performance would be tight end three last season. And Ingram would have been – he was tight end five in 2017. I think that Kyle Pitts is a better player than those two guys, but um, those are historic tight end seasons, you know, and it's hard to right, predict, like, yeah. predict that someone's going to have the best season ever as a, you know, as a rookie. Right. Um, I, I, so my strategy, I, I, I don't mind. You, you have to start one, obviously. I'm going to wait. I'd rather have, you know, like, I'd rather have another position quarterback, wide receiver, running back before I'm taking a tight end, because at the end of the day, they're outside of Kelsey Waller, like and Kittle, um, they're relatively going to give you the same production. Yeah. Kyle Pitts right now is a sixth round pick. Um, just yeah. so we close that out. That's but probably yes. a little too high, yeah, for me. I mean, so. it depends how you've drafted. If you've taken yeah. a quarterback in your top five picks, yeah, it's probably high. But if you're rocking like three receivers and two running backs or three running backs and two receivers, like I get the attempt there um, because there's very few guys when you start getting later than that pick that offer the same range of outcomes. Um, you know, Kyle, Kyle Pitts can line up at receiver. At least that's what, you know, it says. The only thing I will say is we being from the Philadelphia area, you and I, Kyle Pitts being from this area, I bet you he goes even earlier than that. I would. Yeah, you're probably right. Like you know, he'll, he'll go and like a Goddard will go, right? They'll go early. Yeah. They'll, they'll you know, they might go, go early. there'll be like a run, you know, like to, to predict, There'll be a run at the position, you know, as soon as Andrews maybe goes, um, those guys are probably going to be shortly behind. Again, being from the Philadelphia area, Kyle Pitts being a local kid, um, Goddard being the player on the the home team, um, that's just the way it's going to be. You know, like, so they're probably going to go ahead of where average draft position is. If you guys are living outside the Philadelphia area, that pick is 73. It should probably hold. Um but Kyle Pitts, we're in the Northeast. He's in, like, the next county over. Um, like, really, like, 20-minute ride is where he's from. Went to Archbishop Wood. Mm. Like, that. Like we played against them in hockey. You know, like, <laughs> that's how close it is for us and Kyle Pitts. If you're yeah. not, you know, if you're living from outside this area, he is, I mean, he might as well have gone to, like, the school that we went to. Um, like, that's how close it is. Yep. Um, they can recruit. They oh, yeah. recruit. They recruit. Archbishop Wood recruited Kyle Pitts. Um, I believe he was going to like Abington or Lower Moreland, and they recruited him. Um, but nonetheless, them. yeah, good for them. <laughs> it just is, you know. And and just know your home areas. If you have a local kid, you know, like in your, you know, wherever you're listening from. Uh, they'll probably go before they're supposed to. That just is. 
um, depending on how you feel about it. I'm not saying take them ahead of the top three, but if you want to take Pitts ahead of Andrews or Hawkinson, go for it. You know, like, why the hell not? Just probably a little expensive for my blood. Yep. So that's tight end. I mean, there's not that much to really break down because it's so top-heavy. Yeah, you know, it's like, it, it's completely top-heavy. Um, one guy I saw on here that basically he became a bust is um, O.J. Howard. Yeah, yeah. Remember? Um, yeah, like, he was a big draft pick. Um, a couple things that you have to consider. One is he did have an injury last year. They've had a lot of coaching turmoil. Quarterback turmoil, too. Um, and um, the coach down there in Tampa isn't really that big on throwing at a tight end anyway. Mm-hmm. Local guy, too. Why can't I think of his name? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. Um, right, Temple guy? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's a, he's a... He's a Bus now, you wish it, same thing as as in Joku, you know, like those are two guys that came out highly talented, just never seemed to live up to where they were highly talented, you know, like where they were expected to go. And but you look at it again, they went to teams with high turnover, and um, it's not good for any player to have like to go through like multiple offensive coordinators in their first couple years. No, no, it, yeah. It will stifle you, and that's not an excuse. It just is. Like you, you wonder. That just you just don't see that usually with like. It's not something you want to see in a franchise. Although Tampa Bay has had a couple Super Bowls now, um, it's not something you want to see in a franchise. You don't want to see multiple multiple coaches turn over. Um, you want to see stability as long as the coach is successful, right? Yep. So, um, but again. That's tight end. Um, you can pick your dart throw if you don't get one of the top three, and and that that's the point when we started this conversation. And that's and honestly, that will be my strategy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> unless for some reason, and I think that this is a good segue because we've. I don't want to say we like we could end this here and just have a quick hit, but I think it's a good segue. Um, to close out this show because we, you know, like we do normally go for uh, 60 minutes or so, um, which is um, two things that I wanted to make sure we hit. But it's a, this was a good segue into like I was about to catch my, I was about to say, and I caught myself, which is sometimes the value becomes too good. You think that's going to be your strategy. And one of the things before we got on air and I, that I said I wanted to talk to is don't get locked into just value based drafting. And I think that that's been a downfall of mine over the last, like, two years. Yeah, so, like, basically what you're saying is, like, let's say you're you're you're, you're drafting ninth, and you're like, well, the book says that you're supposed to draft so-and-so number nine, right? Like, Or, like, he was supposed to go five. Right. And you're drafting nine, and he's still on the board. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah. I, yeah, like if you, if you don't feel good about that player, you probably shouldn't take them. <laughs> I think so. What I'm, what I'm saying, like, where I don't want to, like, it's not a full evolution, but I think it's okay to have guys you like. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sitting here saying, like, you know, you and I, in a, some episodes ago, I talked about how much I like Travis Etienne. I'm not saying go ahead and take him at pick 12, you know. But it's okay to just have certain guys that you prefer. Um, you don't you don't get an extra award for getting a guy who should have gone earlier, or you don't get an extra award again. The same, the reverse of like only taking the guys you you like. Um, you've got to kind of balance it out, and just taking value, I don't know, is necessarily the most successful way. You need guys with upside, and guys with upside have risk. Risk can hurt value. Mm-hmm. Um, give me a good good example of that. 
Um, you said me, you yeah. did this last year. Yeah. So last year it was, I did it with Kenyon Drake and, um, there was, you know, there was some value that I thought was there, um, based on like projected opportunity and he was bad. And he was like, not the right version of bad. Like he's the wrong version of bad. And what I mean by that is like, he was good enough for you to keep having him hurt you. He wasn't so bad that you would put him on your bench. And, but he would hurt you every week. Yeah. He just wasn't giving you like that first round production. No, no, you need like your first round. Like if you take it back in the first round, you really need like, you know, obviously like above 12 most weeks and you need the opportunity, the ability to get you like 20 plus. Yeah. You know, and there just wasn't much boom there. And I think like, like a player like that, I feel like this year is Cam Akers. And I feel like I'm, 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 keep beating this 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 thing and I, and I, man I'm going to look really stupid if he has a good year. But <laughs> well, the, you know, there are a couple experts that are on the other side of that. So, um they're but, really but, liking his opportunity. I I get it. I get it. I just We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. The truth can only, you know, like We'll find out soon enough. But again, you can't. How much more efficient can you project, right? Like, and that's that's the concern. And and again, I feel like I'm I'm. I I, I just feel like I'm going to look dumb if he if he plays well. But you basically had three games, twelve, thirteen, and fourteen, where he was. Very good. I wouldn't say great, but very good. 14, 15, and 20 points. There's mm-hmm. nothing else in this body of work to be impressed by. And um, since we're here, let me, uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to pull up the... Uh, I don't mind. You don't mind? <laughs> no. Nah. I want to pull up, I just want to pull up like how good or not good that offense was. Um because I think that like we're like oh with Stafford, it's going to be much better. And I don't know that the offense was that bad to think it's going to be that much better. I'm pretty sure they had a down, downward year last year. But I, I, I again, I just feel like it's not like if this were a receiver, I go all right. Well, year two. You know, well, they ran more plays than they did last year or in 2019. Mm-hmm. They had two more yards a game. Um, completions, you're talking about 392 last year versus 397 the year before. Um, they did have 500 less passing yards through the year, but still 4,100. Um, Running plays, they ran a lot more than they did the year before for a lot more yards. So here's here's what I wanted to get to. And and this is why, like, when I'm talking about a player, like, so if Cam Akers, like, there would be a point at which I would be, I would say take him, right? And for me, that's probably the third round, and it's just not happening. But they ran the ball. They had 473 rushing plays last season, which... A lot. That sounds set, like a lot. Seventh in the league. Yeah. Right? So say that stays exactly the same. And say Akers gets 70% of that, right? You think he's going to get 331 carries? No. No. Nope. No. No, that passing is going to get... I mean, the running plays are going to go towards the passing plays. Right. So... Let's hear and like again. We have a history. We have a history of the way the coach likes to coach the game. Um, and and again, do I think that Akers is a talented back? Sure, but he's not Todd Gurley. No. Right, and so 
in 2020, let's see here. The Rams threw to the running back um, 12% of the time. So we can look at 2019. It's probably not much better because they didn't have a great receiving back. Um, 10% of the time. 2018. It's the same coach, right? Like, so it's not like we're 2018 was 17% of the time. I just don't know. Cam Akers isn't going to get 100% of that 91 targets from 2018. No, he, 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 he's got uh, what Daryl Henderson back there. Right. Who they're dirt. Like they might not split it again. So, and in 2017, um, that was 98 targets, you know? So, um, it's, he's not going to get a hundred percent of that. So this idea that all of a sudden this workload is going to be top five or top six, where's he going now? Do you, do you have the average draft position up? I can pull it up. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Let me look at my handy dandy. <laughs> Make sure you're on half PPR. Oh yeah. Half. Uh, hold on. Uh, fifteenth overall. Okay. I'd rather have Najee Harris. What about? I was gonna say, would you rather have Gibson, Antonio Gibson? Probably, yeah. Would you rather have Mixon? That might be around, but then, then again, you're getting closer to the third round. Yeah. That might be a round where I'm more willing to take Acres. Okay. Um, obviously, I'd rather have Acres than Josh Jacobs. Um, but it, I also like putting the two players side by side. I'd still think I'd rather have Clyde. I'd rather have Acres than Dobbins. But I feel feel like he fits better into that range. But this is when when we're talking about this and value. And being stressed, you know, like, I don't want to say stress, but looking for value. Like, I, my feelings on Acres are obviously a lot different than everybody else's. So I know I probably won't have them. But there would be a point at which I would say, well, it's worth the risk to me here. 15 is not worth the risk for me there because there are other players that I like. If Gibson and Harris and um, Clyde Edwards are all off the board, well, then it changes things. Then I'm not going to be like, well, I hate Acres. Well, no, they're mm-hmm. all off the board. Um, yeah. Your, so your hand was forced. My hand was forced, but also um, I don't feel bad about it as long as there aren't, like, you know, again, if, if that happens, maybe I want A.J. Uh, Brown or I want one of the, the receivers that probably fell. But Yeah, I mean, that's more – that would be more likely for me anyway. Right. But point is, is, like, don't don't do it when you're, like – in the first two rounds, you should be able to still get guys you like, you know, mm-hmm. versus guys you feel you have to take. But if we're sitting in the fourth round and Cam Akers is sitting there, you do have to make a value-based decision. <laughs> you know, like, that would be silly. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Elliot is another player like that. Like, am I in love with Ezekiel Elliott? No. If he's sitting there in the second round, I'm taking him. Yeah, you, you, you absolutely, you have to. Right, and you have to weigh those things on yourself about like you can't get locked in the only value, but you also have to look at it like, well, where is where where am I comfortable saying like I you know, again, you have to think of these scenarios because home leagues are different. You you can't be surprised if Mahomes goes off the board in the first round in a home league. It happens. You're not in an expert league. Right. Uh, but you can't just get locked into only saying like, oh, here's my chart. And this is where it says I have to take the guy. Yeah, I I feel like a lot of people get trapped into that. It's easy to, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Um, especially when you're mock drafting. It's easy to do that. Yeah, well. Because it's. 
Yeah, because they're suggesting players to you. It's a list right in front of you. You're not yeah. really, you know, you're you're the clock is different. Yeah. Um, plus, you're not. It's mock draft. You're not really. You shouldn't be thinking that hard. Um, you're trying to get a feel about like if I make a dec- decision X or Y in a certain spot, how does my team look? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. And I think mock drafting is can be a double edged sword in that way because you get locked in saying like, oh, this guy should be here when I pick next, you know, and it doesn't always work out that way. You know, like, um, you, you assume a guy's going to be there and then all of a sudden, um, you get sniped and it's like 10 picks before you expected it to happen or, or 12 picks before you expected it to happen. Um, but you have to be fluid in that regard where you're going to, you know, you're going to ride that out and you have some ideas about what you're going to do. So you don't, you're not scrambling and then making a decision based on scrambling. So in this discussion, the last part that I wanted to touch on was, um, I haven't posted it to website, but I did do, I also did tiered rankings and it's an exercise that last year I was waning it on a little bit. And this year I feel like I'm, I don't want to say I'm out on, but I don't know it's as worthwhile as we used to believe it was. No. Um, Cause we made the point of it. It's hard to compare like a tier five running back to a tier three wide receiver. Like when you start getting into that thinking, like they don't exactly add up. Right. There, it's very hard to compare cross position and also like running back and receiver would be a little easier to compare. But when you start talking about like tier five running back or what, however you're going to do it and tier two quarterback, well, What's the? Did you do a math equation for what the what those comparisons are? Mm-hmm. Because no, you, you, didn't. You, you didn't because you can't. No. Well, maybe some people do. <laughs> Most people in your home league don't have yes. a, a formula for that. Yeah, you, you might know? have a statistician in like your one of your leagues. Then you you might be kind of screwed. So, but but math can only solve for so much too. You know, it's like true. it can. Um, there are always outliers. You like, there's almost like, I feel like if you're going to do formulas, you'd have to put something in just for luck. You know, like that would be like, again, I don't want to get too far in like math, but like, that's what like a margin of error kind of is, but you almost would need something outside of a margin of error again, like even further trying to compound for luck because there's all for every year. There's a guy like, um, Derek Henry, you know, a couple of years ago, who doesn't come on till the end of the year and wins people leagues, you know, um, pick, pick any name like that. Um, every year there's a Darren Waller we just talked about a tight end or a quarterback that goes late. I saw a statistic that was like the average, like draft position of like, a, you know, a quarterback that finished in the top three was like over 110. Um, there's always players like that. So trying to come up with a formula, like math can only solve but so far. You, you're playing probabilities, and probabilities can still hurt you. Ask anybody who goes into a casino. Also, like, some tiers are huge, right? Like, so, like, I'm looking at tier two running back, and there's there's seven seven peop, seven running backs in it. So obviously you go from like top of the tier to bottom of the tier, but um, it's a, it's pretty wide, you know. If you're if you're comparing like guys, they don't they're not all like guys, right? No. So like, and here's the thing. So I did, I did mine um, today. So like, my tier one is one player. It's McCaffrey. Well, what the fuck does that mean? You know, like, but I do believe he's in a tier of his own. Mm-hmm. Like, he just represents so many carries and so many catches. I don't think that Cook, Cook re- probably represents more carries, but nowhere near the catches. And Kamara, nowhere near the carries, but close to the catches. They're not mm-hmm. in the same tier. Derrick Henry is not in the same tier as McCaffrey. 
So then I have Cook, Kamara, and Henry in the same tier. Well, are they really together? Like, are they they really that alike? Or am I just trying to group who I think is going to have close to the same amount of points? I think that's it, right? Right, right. And then my next tier is like Chubb, Taylor, Barkley, um, Aaron Jones, and Elliott. Well, do I really believe Ezekiel Elliott and Jonathan Taylor or um, are in the same class? I don't think so. Not at this point in their careers. You know, so like what what is this exercise accomplishing? Because I, I think that what we tried to do is group like players and now it's not really that way because if you're grouping like players, it would look different. You know, you'd have like more of those guys like Chubb and Henry would be in the same tier because they're pretty similar players. Mm-hmm. Like Chubb, Henry, and Taylor. Where Barkley, you would almost put in with McCaffrey. Right. Right. Because they're like. They're not the same, but they're, they're like. Yeah. And I just, I don't think that that's what we do. And I think that we're trying to to, to, to give a, you know people that we think are in the same range of outcomes as far as points go. But so say my tier, my tier four running backs are Gibson, Najee Harris, Mixon, and Eckler, right? Well, shit, I'd probably rather have any of those players than my tier three receivers, Evans, mm-hmm. Julio, Godwin, DJ Moore, Thielen, or Deontay Johnson. Well, so how does that add? I up? guess it, I, I guess it, it's it's a good way to. Um, I think when you're drafting, like to like if you're you need a quick reference, I think it's good there. But like I don't think it's meant to. You're comparing one across the other. No, I just I mean, don't think it works that way. Originally, it was. Yeah, I've always used it kind of like. All right, if I'm drafting, I'm on the clock. I'm looking. I see kind of guys in the, in the same tier of the position I'm looking at, and then like, then I kind of like start nailing down what I like about the players that are available in that same tier. That's what I do anyway. Yeah, and but then you have to look at like who's doing your ranks, right? Who's doing your tiers if you didn't do them yourself? Mm-hmm. And if you don't agree, then you're going to have to start like changing it, you know? Yeah. And you should look at your like I'm not saying everybody's got to write a dissertation like I did. It's not like but you should I look think at you your are, but well, <laughs> but everybody should look at the whatever ranks you're going to use uh-huh. and see how much they agree with it before just walking into their draft because making that you can think that you're like you're able to look at a list and make up your own mind as you're going the reality is is when the list is in a certain order you're kind of going to follow that order right and if you're looking at a tiered list just make sure you agree somewhat with it but i also think that it's like you should be just as comfortable having a list without tiers. I just don't know that for the average person it's giving you what you think it is and it might actually be harming you if you haven't done the work of reading what that person has put together and why they've ranked it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just print out just a list. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> well, you should know. Like you should at least know. I'm not saying you've got to read every sentence and every line of punctuation, no. but you should know where they, you know, where it's coming from. Know your source. Know your source and trust it. If you don't, find a new one. You know. Yeah, what you really should do is go over to the drivewayathletes.com. That's what you should do. It's free. Doesn't cost you anything. Doesn't. You know. Check it out. It costs, it costs you time. That's it. Cost, cost you time, which you might already be doing research, and you can look at it and decide, hey, I like what this guy has to say, or hey, this guy's an idiot. I'm going to let him know, and go from there. But if you've been listening, you at least know I believe what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs>
you know, like um, good, bad, or, or indifferent. But you're making your own decisions. You can only blame me so much if you use my ranks and you have a bad year. Yeah, don't like come knocking on his door. It's like yeah, asking you for your league feedback. Back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. If your um, team winds up sucking, um, don't don't come knocking. But it won't. Yeah. It won't. It won't. It, well, again, read what I have to say. Listen to what I have to say, and you can make your own decisions based on those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I don't know. Like when you go down, it's not like I'm other than like, as we've mentioned, and I'll probably feel like I'm going to mention this name a thousand times other than like acres and like Jacobs. I don't feel like I'm quite that far off with anybody anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. So again, for what it's worth, but um, that's top five tight ends. And also my gripes about fantasy ranking tiers. Yeah. Tiers. Um, and value-based drafting. Value ba- so here's the last thing I'll say about that, and then we'll, we'll be able to wrap up shop. Here's the last thing I'll say about va- value-based drafting. It only works if your league agrees. Um, yes. what, I, what I mean by that is, it's like if you go into a league and, all, and they value quarterbacks, well, your idea that you're just going to get one in the 12th round is out the window. You know, if, if 10 quarterbacks are gone by like the sixth round, you know, like... It only works if everybody agrees that a position has more or less value. Yes, and I would say for the most part, probably they do. Like, you know, like I think most people put some effort into it and read a bit. So, but, you know, it doesn't always work out that way. Nope, know your league. Know yep. your league, know your le- league mates, know how they, you know, at least have a little bit of knowledge about how they draft. Um, mm-hmm. Don't, you know, but also, like I said, in, in doing that, remember, if you're, if value-based drafting is going to be your, your way to go and value-based drafting would say draft a running back for your first like five picks, <laughs> um, just know that it only works if people agree or you're, you know, it, it, it could end up hurting you. You could get lucky. But it could end up hurting you. So that's where we'll we'll end today. Um, and then we can start going back and, and rounding out our top tens at these positions. All right, sir. All right.